Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Last week on Freedom Forum Radio, I interviewed noted author, Publius Hulda, a retired litigation attorney who now lives in Tennessee. If you missed the interview, it is available as an audio podcast on my website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. Ms. Hulda has written extensively about our Constitution using the original writings of our framers, the Federalist Papers, and other historical documents, she confirms and validates the intent of the statesmen who wrote the Constitution and the state legislators who ultimately ratified it. In addition to my personal interview, I was also able to record her speech at the Nullify Now Symposium. That speech airs on Freedom Forum Radio starting today. Once again, this is a unique opportunity to hear the thoughts and words of a dynamic defender of the Constitution and the natural law rights that it was written to protect and secure. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum as this is the second half of this speech from Publius Hilda. We pick up right now where we left off last week. Using non-violent civil disobedience, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King led black people to refuse to obey these uncomfy state laws or municipal ordinances which were unconstitutional under Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. This is how brave citizens nullify unconstitutional laws. They say, we won't comply. Prayer in the public schools. The Constitution does not delegate to the federal government power to ban Christianity. But in 1962, the Supreme Court started ordering the states to stop the praying and remove the Ten Commandments. Since these orders were usurpations of powers not lawfully possessed by the federal government, the states should have nullified them by directing their schools to ignore them. 
American people. If Congress by law, or the President by executive order, or the BATF by rule, or the Supreme Court by opinion, or the federal government by UN treaty, orders the people to turn in our arms, we must refuse to comply. We will! the federal government to disarm us. So the states and the people must nullify such law or order or rule or opinion or treaty by refusing <coughs> to obey. All nullification requires is a spine. where other ways of resistance than direct disobedience were appropriate. The Kentucky and Virginia resolutions of 1798 objected to the Alien and Sedition Acts, which purported to grant to the President dictatorial powers over aliens and seditious words. The states could not refuse to obey the acts because they were directed to the powers of the president. So the resolutions showed these acts to be unconstitutional and asked other states to cooperate in taking whatever measures needed to be taken to defend the Constitution, the states, and the people. During 1799-1800, Madison, who wrote the Virginia Resolutions, presented his report on the Virginia Resolutions to the Virginia legislature. In this report, Madison said, under his discussion of the third resolution, which is the part of the eight resolutions, and I'm condensing what he said, the states, in their sovereign capacity, are the parties to the Constitutional Compact and are thus the final authority on whether the federal government has violated the Constitution. There can be no tribunal above the authority of the states to decide. When the federal government usurps powers, the states don't stop the usurpation, and thereby preserve the Constitution, there would be no relief from usurped power. This would subvert the rights of the people, as well as betray the fundamental principle of our founding, that when the federal government acts outside the Constitution by usurping powers, then the sovereign states who are the parties to the Constitution, must appeal to that original, natural right of self-defense. That the judicial branch is as likely to usurp as are the other two branches. Thus, the sovereign states have as much right to judge the usurpations of the judicial branch as they do the legislative and executive branches. 
branches of the federal government obtain their delegated powers from the Constitution, and they may not annul the authority of their creator. And if the judicial branch connives with other branches in usurping powers, our Constitution will be destroyed. So, the judicial branch does not have final say as to the rights of the parties to the Constitutional Compact. Otherwise, the delegation of judicial power would, null, would annul the authority delegating it, and the concurrence of the judicial branch with other branches in usurping powers would subvert the Constitution forever. That is what Madison said in his report. The nullification deniers are misrepresenting what Madison said, or they are ignorantly regurgitating what they have heard other people say Madison said. You're here. Randy Barnett, a law professor, wrote a paper where he quoted from Madison's discussion of the seventh resolution, where Madison had asked the other states to cooperate, and claimed it shows that Madison, quote, expressly denies or at a minimum equivocates about whether there is a literal power of nullification in the states. Barnett ignored everything Madison said under the third resolution, falsely claimed that Madison conceded that the Supreme Court alone decides whether acts of the federal government are unconstitutional, and showed he doesn't understand that states and citizens can only refuse to obey an act which gives them orders but they can obstruct it in other ways. And so Barnett chanted the standard authoritarian refrain, what has the Supreme Court said and meant, and are there now five justices to sustain the claim, end quote. Just last month in the New York Times, Robert Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, regurgitated the same lie that Madison said in this report, that all the states can do is express their opinion that federal law is unconstitutional. Levy, too, chanted the basic authoritarian refrain. In assessing constitutionality, our system of governance recognizes one Supreme Court, not Fifty individual states. I say to these nullification deniers, shame on you for misrepresenting what Madison said or for ignorantly repeating lies others before you told without checking it out to see if what you are parroting is true. The nullification crisis of 1832 brings us to two more nullification deniers who misrepresent something else James Madison wrote. Matthew Spaulding, PhD of Heritage Foundation, and David Barton of Ball Builders, 
wrote papers where they cite James Madison's notes on South Carolina's theory of nullification as proof that Madison vehemently opposed nullification. One wonders how Spalding and Barton can be so lacking in critical thinking skills that they cannot make the distinction between the nullification doctrine Madison and Jefferson and Hamilton embraced and the bizarre theory advanced by South Carolina. Our framers understood before nullification is proper, the act of the government must be unconstitutional. Our Constitution delegates authority to Congress to impose tariffs on imports, and the tariff must be the same in each of the states. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. Can you see something which Matthew Spaulding, Ph.D., and David Barton are unable to see, South Carolina wanted to nullify a constitutional law. In Madison's Notes on Nullification, 1834, he discussed South Carolina's theory that a state has a constitutional right to nullify any federal law and the nullification is presumed valid unless three-fourths of the states say it isn't valid. Madison opposed South Carolina's bizarre theory. Madison said, the federal government has delegated authority to impose tariffs. The Constitution requires that tariffs be uniform throughout the states. States can't nullify tariffs authorized by the Constitution. One-fourth of the states don't have the right to dictate to three-fourths of the states on matters within the powers delegated to the federal government, and nullification is not a constitutional right. Then, it was near the end of his notes that Madison quotes with approval Thomas Jefferson's famous statement from the Kentucky Resolutions, but where powers are assumed which have not been delegated, a nullification of the act is the rightful remedy, that every state has a natural right, in cases not within the compact, to nullify of their own authority all assumptions of power by others within their limits, end quote. And that is when Madison said, thus, the right of nullification meant by Mr. Jefferson is the natural right which all admit to be a remedy against insupportable oppression. Do you see how the nullification deniers misrepresent what Madison said? Yes. Or are they so shamelessly lazy that they just copy what others have already said? What is the application today? When we the people ratified our Constitution and created the federal government, we did not delegate to our creature power to control our medical care, invade our homes, disarm us, dictate what is done in the schools, and all the thousands of things they do, we never gave them authority in the Constitution to do. Accordingly, 
each state has a natural right to nullify such unconstitutional dictates within its borders. These dictates are outside the compact the sovereign states made with each other. We never gave our creature power over these objects. As Jefferson and Madison said, without nullification, the states and the people would be under the absolute and unlimited control of the federal government. And that is where these nullification deniers, with their false assertions and shameful misrepresentations, would put you. To sum up, nullification is a natural right of self-defense. It is a founding principle. Rights don't come from the Constitution. They come from God. The second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence says, we have the duty to smack down tyrannical government. <laughs> nullification is a reserved power within the meaning of the Tenth Amendment and Nullification is required by oath of office. Article 6, Clause 3 requires all state officers and judges to support the federal government, uh, to the federal constitution. So when the federal government violates the constitution, the states must smack them down. Our founders and framers were manly men who knew statecraft and political philosophy and could think. But our experts of today have been indoctrinated with authoritarianism and they can't think. They lie or they ignorantly repeat the prevailing authoritarian dogma. So, we, the people, must man up, throw off the indoctrination, reclaim the moral high ground which is rightfully ours, learn our founding documents, trust no one to tell you the truth, and repudiate cowardice as the proper response to the evil which is overtaking our land. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Oh, me the mischief. Oh, me the win. Oh, me the hoodoo. That gift I sing. Oh, me the Choctaw. Original sin. Only railroad 
Radio. Thank <laughs> you. 